And welcome to Thinkering, everyone. How is everybody doing? Uh, from a uh, avatar near you, I am Jose. Now I'm Nick. And I am Keelan. It is uh, almost uh, the end of February here in 2020. I think we tried to make a goal of doing this more consistently. We will be doing it going forward, um, but I think we need to cover a couple things before we get into the topic of today's episode. And as a uh, happy, very belated new year to both of you. Oh, yeah. And you, man. you, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I know that we all started the year off in the best state of health, and uh, I don't know if that applies to, to me, but I, I know that you guys probably uh, dealt with one thing or two that uh, was not our, our friend as far as health goes. Yeah, that California flu goodness. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, of course, a, a, uh, you know, I, I started off the new year uh, being a little uh, when you're older, and uh, I think I was talking to Keelan about this a few weeks back. Where you know, uh, the older you get, the harder it is to get through a cold or even a flu. And that's yeah, I remember that. That's definitely true. <laughs> it's not very fun. <laughs> no, it's not. Not at all. I think uh, the it seems like the three people that I see most often during my day get, all got the flu around the same time. And I was just walking around with Lysol, <laughs> just <laughs> trying, des- trying desperately not to get it. It was a bad yeah. one this year. Oh yeah, well I, I know people last three months are still fighting it. Um, I even know I even a guy because I don't know him personally, who literally had a strand of the swine flu H one N one this year, twenty twenty. Mm. So that's yeah. what they say. Not. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced. The, the, you I'm convinced there was coronavirus a little bit before then. They to, when they told us, man, <laughs> some people got I'm wiped out real it. hard. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm really under the impression coronavirus is really just an accumulation of multiple strands of flu, and that's what they're calling it, corona. Maybe this comes from three non-biologists or virologists, so don't take our word for. It's, yeah, we're not. We're definitely totally not, off the uh, cuff, guys. Yeah, this right. is this is this is armchair science at its best. I think <laughs> yeah. it's called coronavirus because they all get together like a rat king, like a rat and, <laughs> and kings wear crowns. And Corona in Spanish means crown. There we go. There's the connection. <laughs> Huzzah! We solved another one, guys. We solved, we solved another one. All right, CDC, right. go go to bed. You're done. <laughs> oh no, they have to write it down first so they don't forget. That's right. Anymore. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and now for a poor attempt of segueing into the topic the (laughs) only spin you should be swatting is that from an instrument uh what well because you know sometimes uh the only spit you should be swatting is into an instrument okay Basically, okay. clear the read on your wind and brass. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Got Thank it, you. I it, see. It. See for the, right. for the musicians. I'm I'm on board. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Again, it was a poor attempt of a segue, but we still got there. No, no, that's good. I follow. <laughs> I follow. Um, music is found in every culture, uh, past, present, uh, very. Oh, pardon me. Past and present, varying widely between times and places. Since all people of the world, including the most isolated tribal groups, have a form of music, 
It may be concluded that music is likely to have been present in the ancestral population prior to the dispersal of humans around the world. Consequently, the first music may have been invented in Africa and then evolved to become a fundamental constituent of human life. So I think, you know, Wikipedia is great in that, you know, there's constantly self-editors and stuff. So I think that that was a pretty good uh, introduction into the idea of music. And I thought we would just talk about, you know, what music meant to us going forward and, you know, what was your first memory of music? What was maybe the first cassette or CD that you ever got? Um, What's something that ties you? What emotion best ties you to your favorite kind of music? Um, So yeah, Jose, what what do you recall a a music memory from days gone by? Uh, yeah, it's stand by me. For some reason, that song is an it's an oldie and a goodie. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I have no idea. I don't know why that song has so much association with uh with a, a lot of life events uh mm-hmm. for me. And yeah, I mean, it, it, one thing I will say about about music is that it's a threshold to to a memory, or it's it's a connector to to a memory. And I don't know why that song sticks out the most to me. Not to say, not to say that it's been in my mind recently. Um, nowadays, I'm more into uh, techno and EDM, so that's kind of <laughs> spreading it out a little bit as far as like oh, my tastes. But yeah. you know, it was hilarious going into the new year. Um, my friend and I. We were ringing in the new year by trying to do a countdown of of music of the of the last decade, hmm. and to our surprise, and we were like completely caught off guard and like had like an epiphany. It's kind of hard to describe music from the last decade, hmm. um, based on the fact that the medium or the 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 physical form that we uh, get music with has changed in the past you'd have to buy an entire album be it an lp or a cassette or a cd you have to get the whole album to get one song that you may have just wanted mm. to listen to and nothing else whereas in, in the last decade streaming has been the the standard so if you think about it you don't have to buy the whole album anymore in the last decade we none of us had to buy an entire album yeah yeah that's true i remember I, I remember the the first instances of that in the commercial world. Uh, I used to go to Santa Monica High School, so uh, we were right next to the promenade, and we had the uh, Hear Music store, where you could go into <laughs> you could go into the store, and they had collections, you know, of you know, basically a library of music that you could go into and and basically curate your own CDs uh that i mean like it was incredibly expensive at the time and i think only got to do it once because i think it was like 30 bucks or something 40 bucks um but yeah i remember being able to do that and i think you know like i think that was the beginning of of the end for you know the old sort of rec you know the the record company way of doing things and uh yeah it's interesting that you said that you know it's hard to define the last decade uh, of music. And I think it's because the last decade has been some of our more formative years. 
And so it's hard for us to look at the last decade of music as a sort of from a removed lens because we're in it. And, you know, so we all have really personal connections to what the last decade of music is. I bet, you know, when we get into it, none of our, none of our answers to what the last decade of music was is, are going to be the same. It's going to be totally different. I don't know necessarily. I don't know how much that was existing prior to the advent of, you know, internet music and streaming and stuff. I think, you know, you had like the nineties had a very specific sound. The eighties had a very specific sound. The seventies and the sixties have very specific sounds, but I don't know exactly what the sound of the, the, the teens are. And I think the reason behind that actually is with you being able to stream, you could be a person who's subjected to rap in their household, but you're able to then go and listen to say a uh, blue, let's say bluegrass, the mm -hmm. total opposite end of the spectrum, but it's still mm -hmm. instrumentation. It's still music. There's still rhythm there. Um, and because of that, you, you then also open the door for the music creators to mm -hmm. be able to now venture out and say a guy who, was really good at making great 808s and didn't really understand how to find his melody. Now he can go and get a sample from Aerosmith and he remembers hearing that song going on a movie and he's like, hey, I, I remember this song on that one movie. I thought that was really cool. And he's able to use mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I think that is is probably the largest benefit uh, to the whole streaming platform and having it out there is music. I, I don't I don't think it should have uh, uh, the confines it has where um, because you only know where to find this, that's all you know. Like, nah, I got the internet now. I can find anything. Like, yeah. I, I don't like, I don't listen to Justin Bieber, but I know how to find his album, you know? Oh, yeah, of course. Definitely. But I, I think it just I, I know how to find his album before that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just it exposes you to more, and um, yeah, I think that that's true. I think you have the the uh, the the mere fact that it just exposes you to so much difference and so much you know diverse sound. Yeah, you probably don't necessarily stay in one niche of of music for too right. long. I know I don't myself. I get into moods where I want to listen to certain music, and you know, like it'll be like that for a month or two, and then I'll move on to something else. Um, uh but yeah Sounds like you're working your brain out there yeah oh yeah definitely yeah, exactly. oh yeah <laughs> which uh brings <laughs> us to one of our first topics that uh or articles that we want to point out um in this episode um brain plasticity it's not just for your mama now guys <laughs> uh, brain plasticity refers to the brain's ability to change throughout life um, and uh, changes associated with uh, with learning occur mostly at the connections between the neurons. One of the things that uh, I know that you know with our conversation about music is this is also kind of like you know teaching ourselves continuously of like listening to new music, but also you know retracing thoughts and memories from you know the, the things that we've heard in the past. Uh, yeah, you know, definitely bringing memories. Yes, which you know depending on. Uh, your brain's health, you know, through time, it, it is beneficial, um, or at least it gives you a chance to um, uh, uh, get get someone or something to record the memory 
you know, mm. because you know the life is short, and there are circumstances and there are health challenges that each of us are going to face. Um, but continuously exercising the mind and the body uh, clearly will, you know, extend the long, your, your longevity. You think if you think about you know, the um, idea of how music and learning is, is so interconnected. All you have to think about is the ABCs, right? Yep. That's the only, that's the only thing we need to, that's the first proof that we have that obviously music is a connection to learning and can be a vehicle for learning. And um, I think that there was that, what that Animaniacs uh, cartoon where he talks about all of the countries in the world and he names them all in one, you know, giant song. Um, nice. and I know a lot of people that learned about countries because of that song. Um, so I definitely know that there is a, there's a deep connection there between music mm-hmm. and, and, and cognition for sure. 100%. Uh, yeah. I think even the visual, cause I, I know exactly what you're talking about with the Animaniacs. I don't remember the song, but I remember the entire, like the visual is still playing in my head. I'm mm-hmm. talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time to add to that, as far as with Nick bringing up the Animaniacs, a cartoon that's more of the beginning stages, right? Um, I remember watching a, a video of a study where they had a, I believe it was an Alzheimer's patient, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And they would give him music from when he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And that music would jog his memory. And at the beginning of the day, he was almost like lethargic. He almost didn't, he didn't exist. Right. They right. would put on a song and you would see him start moving his hands and tapping his feet, bobbing mm-hmm. his head. And he, mm-hmm. next, you know, he was blinking and now he's talking and he's moving around and he's like, hey, when I was younger, I did this. And you're like, yo, an hour ago, this dude looked like we needed to call in the coroner. Right. And and I apologize to anyone that that may seem uh, insensitive to. However, uh, 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 the way I see that is someone saw not just the change, but they also saw the benefit of the consistency of it. I don't think that's something mm-hmm. that happened just because they played it one time. No, they played it one time, it got so far. They played it the next time, it pushed the boundaries just a little bit further mm-hmm. as I'm pushing the boundaries of my camera by exiting the screen. Um, it, it, it comes down to, uh, the uh, I guess that would be the gray matter, right? Yeah, yeah, the gray matter activity. And I think right. ultimately it's interesting. I think that music is some sort of key, uh, you know, funny right. enough that that's a pun in and of itself. But I think a key, it might be a key to unlocking certain, because if you think about the brain and, and, and especially the, you know, when the degradation of the brain starts to begin, you think about things, you know, various parts of the brain slowing and then shutting off and not it really working anymore. And I think ultimately, I think things like olfactory senses, like smell and music, uh, have the ability to unlock those places again, um, because they're so deeply rooted in memory. And I think there's something there that we should definitely be, you know, uh, studying more. And I think that we will definitely have to do a little bit more digging on this subject and maybe talk about this alone on a deep dive at some point. Um, you know, just how music affects the brain and how the brain works in response to, to that type of thing. I feel like if you ever think about Jose, we have, you ever notice uh, uh, that even when kids haven't really been subjected to like a lot of music, 
you could play a brand new song or you could even tap to a rhythm and then all of a sudden it's like that kid learns that they they children specifically pick up rhythms so quick yes, and i do. think that was when i realized because this was a while ago when i started paying attention to that i think that's when i realized like whoa you can almost teach well not almost excuse me you can teach almost anything if you can put a rhythm to it and e even not even necessarily a rhyme but a rhythm um, if you even look at the new way that they're teaching the uh, alphabet, the alphabet song that we learned, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, it, it had a rhyme, a rhythm to it, uh, even so much so where we got to LMNOP, like it was a flow of LMNOP. Now the way right. they teach them, um, I literally heard a, a, the newer version of the alphabet song, and it was L, M, N, O, P, Q, and, and it, but it was a song, but that was the, the literally the pace of the rhythm. And it, what it showed me was they were no longer just worried about this one demographic of children and how they learn. They had to understand, hey, there are people who LMNOP will be too hard for if, when you put it out in a the rhythm in that fast paced rhythm. For some people, that would be too difficult. Um, I, always, I, I noticed that as well. And that's something I realized recently from something I noticed a while ago with the way they taught us and the way children clearly put a song on the radio, take your kid home by the net by uh, uh, tomorrow morning. Trust me, your kid's singing that song. <laughs> mm -hmm. You think that has something to do with the, 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 the decreasing attention span that people have? Uh, because yes. I, I mean, I, I think that well, based on, on, on my upbringing, at least, I don't recall the ABC song being that rhythm, rhythmically, uh -huh. well, fast. Right. It was pretty consistent. I mean. Okay. Hmm. I, I get what you mean. That, that, I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, it's already at like, a, what, 110 beats per minute. I think, um, it's, I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I, which is already pretty slow. If you it's that. that's pretty slow. Yeah, I think I think that that it, that it's okay. I think there is a there is a distinction though with the with the blurring of LMNOP. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's more of an auditory learning thing than oh. anything else, okay. because there's a a certain level of auditory intelligence that you have to have to separate those things uh, right off the bat without further uh maybe thought or or consideration um so i think that maybe it's just you know certain kids they're just a little bit behind on their auditory learning but the, they catch up pretty quick and Agreed. you know i think that you know a couple years of them thinking it's elemento you know is not going to really hurt them that much <laughs> right <laughs> well, and, and I've even I think they'll it, figure it out pretty quick, <laughs> right? And like, and it's funny that you even say it that way because I, I to sh prove how right you are, um, mm -hmm. I've met children who you would tell you'll spell a word for them and you get to the letter N and you're like N and they're like, okay, how do you spell that? And I'm like, N. But how do you spell it? It's a letter mm -hmm. N. But mm -hmm. how do you spell? You're looking like, <laughs> oh, no. okay, here, let me put it here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And see, I think that that has to do with auditory issues yeah, as well, because they probably, you know, so can't sense. discern whether you're saying N, the nut, the letter right. or in or N or on or, you know, like so. There's so many different ways. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Definitely.
And I think that that kind of, you know, that kind of coasts into the idea of music too. You know, there's certain people that respond much better to yes. information in musical form than others. Yeah. Unfortunately, in our society, because we don't think about it the way they do, we label them. But that's yeah. another discussion. Mm -hmm. True. Another discussion True. for another day. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's a that's a much deeper discussion. The uh, it's probable that the first musical instrument was the human voice. Mm -hmm. uh, obvious that you know that would be the first instrument. But they have found um, apparently, as far as musical instru instruments go, they have found a, a bone flute that's to be thirty five thousand years old. No, so, can't be true. Yeah, it can't be true. Nope. <laughs> God cannot be true. God only made the earth five thousand years ago. Damn it. <laughs> six. Yeah, sorry, six, six. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, people crack me up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but no, I I thought that was fascinating. A bone flute, and so it's interesting too is that Native Americans have this. Uh, they call, I guess, it's an eagle bone flute. Mm -hmm. where they use the bones of an eagle and hollow it out and use it as a flute, and it's absolutely haunting sounding. <laughs> I don't know why it sounds morbid to me, but I think it's it's it's, po it's poetic justice because uh, I just came across this uh, very, very unnecessary uh, uh, Instagram post of a video of, of eagles like attacking mountain lions. Oh, like, yeah. Eagles that are raised by people yeah, trained to catch yeah wow. like, they hunt wolves like yeah. evil 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 <laughs> evil birds <laughs> yeah wow. yeah they're pretty badass man it's incredible those mongolian uh falconers or eaglers i guess you would call them but they raise golden eagles to hunt wolves and some of the uh footage is quite incredible to two eagles taking a wolf down is you feel really bad for the wolf for man. the wolf yeah oh there's, boy you, there's no way that wolf's what kind of world do, what kind of world is that? this where we feel bad for a wolf right yeah exactly an empathetic I, one it, it's because i think it feels unnecessary you know it's like dude if you if if the wolves are your source of food just shoot them and be done with it don't like have two eagles like literally peck it to death for an hour now, don't get me wrong i understand that eagles certain species certain breeds of eagles are endangered but yeah my immediate rebuttal is that i wish these eagles would be turkeys because i would just say like what why bother oh god that would be even more horrible yeah if there were giant turkeys i could if there were giant wolves. turkeys killing wolves <laughs> <laughs> sounds like jurassic park <laughs> the point i was trying to make is like eat the bird yeah, right, right. I, I figured that's where you were going with it. I just thought it was so funny the way you were getting there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah eagles are ridiculous. Let's get the pterodactyl. What I think, um, what I think is actually interesting about just the concept of how old music is, or the concept of how old instrumentation is in itself, that's what words are. Like, we all have different voices. We all mm. uh, speak differently. Even if we speak the exact same language from the same region taught by the same person, it's going to sound different. It's going to uh, have mm. a different ring to it. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, that's the, the foundation of music right there is voices just, and that's why you, you, I agree with the human voice, what you said. Yes. Um, but people coming to the understanding that the depth of my tone, uh, uh, won't project the same way coming out of your body and through mm. your vocal cords. And then once we understand that, 
chord progression starts right there. You're a little, you're a little kid. You sound like this. Yeah. You're a teenager. Yeah. You sound like this. Yeah. You're, a, you're a grown man. You sound <laughs> like this. And then you start sounding like this, Sonny. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> well, know, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating actually, because, um, you know, there's, it, <clears throat> it's, it's a mathematical equation. That's all music mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Music is just yep. ma- mathematical equation of different notes that, you know, are opposites of each other and then sympathetic with each other. Um, and so I think it's funny because if, you know, if math is the language of the universe then music must be the, I don't know what it, it must be the secondary language of the universe. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting because I think, uh, uh, let's see, I'm going to jump around here a little bit, but I was going to bring up the idea of creation myth. And, and I think, um, you know, th- even if we take the, you know, the most well-known creation myth, the Bible, the first thing God does is speak, right? Mm-hmm. He speaks, let there be light. And then there is light. So I think there, there's something to do. And then in, you know, in Tolkien's Silmarillion, he has this really incredible pre pre time sort of, uh, uh, you know, prologue about the creation of the universe. And he talks about how it's all been, it was all created with music and it was these gods that created a, a harmony together. Like a and then, uh, yeah, exactly. A concert of gods creating music. And then the, the, the vibration of the music, you know, created matter. Mm-hmm. And then a discordance note came out of the symphony and that's how evil was, you know, created out of this discourse that started to grow out of the symphony and interrupt it. And, you know, and then the main God gets angry at the God creating the disruption. And, you know, so he creates wow. his own music. It's, it's really just, it's fascinating stuff. And really um, quick to, to yeah. touch on from a stance of the Bible, what makes that interesting is looking, if you look at it as music, and then mm. you you say that evil was, oh, uh, you, you, what do you call it? Discordant. A discordant. It, so yeah. it, it was a chord that didn't fit into the rhythm of the na- uh, the rhythm of the song that was being played at that time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you look at from a biblical sense, they say that the the Lucifer, that the devil is, um, mm-hmm. he was the uh, choir director of God's choir, basically. Like he mm. was. I can't remember how they phrase it, but basically he was the chorus director. Yeah. And using the explanation you're giving and in mm. my way, wait, wait, one plus one. Yeah. So you sure one plus one don't equal three? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, wow. it's so crazy. I mean, you know, all of our creation myths, whether it's the Bhagavad Gita or the, you know, or the Bible or North Norse mythology, music is always kind of somewhere in, in, in somewhere in the creation of everything. And I think there's something about that. And I think, you know, even if we get, into, you know, deeper into the weeds of, of tangentialness right now, we go into the idea of string theory and then, the vibration of molecules and everything is vibrating on a frequency and the earth has its own frequency. We all have our own frequency. So all we are is literally sound vibrating at a frequency to, to, to basically just to hold the matter in. <laughs> and that's, right. that's and it. Really, it really quickly reminded me of the, and you could speak to this too, Nick, uh, when that? everyone like ver- people at different points in the world, like a few, a couple years back, um, you know, heard the heard the essentially Earth make a make a noise. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh huh. It was like I want to say it was like four or five years ago because it was a viral thing. You know, familiar. 
Yeah, I think I remember it. I don't remember exactly what it was about, but I know that there are definitely times when the Earth's um, the Earth apparently kind of resonates on a seven hertz frequency somewhere around that, which is interestingly enough the pH of the water that's on the Earth too. Um, so, but I like the idea of uh, of the Earth kind of it. it it responds. It can respond to solar activity and basically the magnetosphere that surrounds the Earth and all of the magnetic electric shield that surrounds the Earth gets affected, which can cause the the Earth to ring like a bell. I think that that's what you were talking about. Yeah, when they heard, yeah, the, it was like a, yeah. the Earth remember. rang like a bell for like a that. specific period of time. Yeah. And, and I they were, think we were talking about the chariots and all of that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was okay, before then, that. but this was, but this was an actual thing. And I remember what Jose is talking about now. Yeah, there was a, and I don't know if it was a solar flare that caused it or if it was something within the Earth's core. Um, but it rang the Earth rang at a higher frequency than it normally does, and it did it for quite a sustained. I think it did it almost an entire day. Um, and so there are some people that are saying they could hear it, but obviously, like it's it's not really possible to hear. But they you definitely see it on the size, you know, the seismometers and all of the um, the instruments that 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 uh, that monitor that kind of stuff. So I would, I we should probably do an episode about that too. We got a million episodes to do, folks. We're going to be doing a million episodes a week, and. Uh, <laughs> we'll never sleep or eat or anything like that. We'll just keep keep making stuff. Who, who needs to do uh, that? <laughs> yeah, create, exactly. Create, create. Yeah, yeah.